Beyond the Ranch with Jay Gannon from Find the Ranch. Welcome to Beyond the Wrench. My name is Jay Gannon and I am your host. Today, I am lucky enough to welcome Josh Masser on. Josh, how are you doing today? Uh, we're wonderful here in the balmy state of Maryland. Maryland is cold as well, and you guys have gotten some snow, haven't you? Yeah, we got more coming in tonight. Well, so Josh, you, uh, you work at Vinny's Towing and Recovery, and uh, we'll dive into your story a little bit as, as we kind of go along here. But what do you what do you do for Vinny's? Uh, now I am in charge of the service department, which okay. consists of shops. So if it's broke, it kind of falls under my purview. <laughs> and when you say shops, what what kind of shops? Uh, I'm sorry, truck repair shops, car repair shops. We we pretty much work on anything that I and my guys are comfortable working on. So we target your fleet maintenance type stuff. Um, We as a company have over 30 trucks. Wow. So we, and that's, that's from, we got small pickup trucks all the way up to 80,000 pound records. So we work on all that, all of our own stuff. And then our goal is to help the other guys locally that have fleets, you know? Yeah. Um, That's how we started. So that's kind of what we want to do to help the other guys out. And, and we'll work on anybody's stuff. The over-the-road guys, that's fine. But our main thing is to work with local local people. Love it. Love it. So let's let's dive into your story right away. So how you're at the point now where you're 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 managing a bunch of different stuff here. Uh, how how did you start off getting into this career and into um, working on stuff? Right? Because you started off as a tech, right? Yes. Yes. Well, I, I started off as a kid who was in auto tech class in high school. Nice. Um, because it allowed me to, well, so my, my teacher was this old, older gentleman. He, we just called him Boone. I don't even know what his real name was, <laughs> but he, he's, he's gone. He's passed away. So I don't mind saying this, but he used to send us out to get him McDonald's food for breakfast. <laughs> and, like that's that's unheard of now that you can't have kids going leaving school, but we would take the cars that we would work on at the high school and we drive, drive them right? to the McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. had to test drive it. Yeah. So anyway, that, I, I thought it was cool. I thought just hey, I, it's cool to work on cars. I want to work on cars when I grow up. That's what I was thinking. So I did that. Um, my first car, my first job in the field was at a tire shop, local tire shop, owned by a local guy. He had a couple tire shops and I was just a little grease monkey, you know? Yeah. Started out, I'd show up for work at after school, you know, if I felt like it, cause I was young and I didn't have good decision making in my skill <laughs> thought process, whatever. So some still question mine. So I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my job was to just put tires away. <laughs> they, them guys would spend all day wrecking the tire room. And then I, my job would be to put them in. So I did that. And then, you know, just, just moved up from there. Uh, then I, I moved from there to a dealership where I was an apprentice for a couple guys, a couple different guys. And then, you know, the service manager called me in and says, Hey, you want to go on the line? And I thought, okay. He said, man, I'm going to, I'm going to make it great for you. I'm gonna pay you $12 an hour flat rate. 
I was like, wow, let's do it. You know, I'm going to be rich. That's what I thought. Yeah. Learned a lot there. Uh, and then I, then I just played the game. I was young, you know, we're talking 22, 21, 22 years old. So I just bounced around to a bunch of different dealers, you know, yep. whichever guy wanted to give me a dollar more is where Here I would going. go. Yeah. You know, and I, I got trained though, because that, that was the other thing I, I didn't work. I mean, I worked at a GM dealership and I paid attention to what the GM guys were doing, but I didn't work on the GM line. I worked on the import lines. Really? And nobody really cared much about the import lines. Nobody wanted to be an import guy. They all wanted to be GM techs or Dodge techs or, you know, the American stuff. Yeah. So for me, it was actually rather easy to get school and training at the OE level. Yeah. And that was the first dealership I ever went to is where I went to school the most. And I think you and I may have talked about that prior, but that, the guy, the, the gentleman that owns that dealership, I'm, I'm still friends with him today. Um, I look back on that 20 plus years ago and I say, man, that, that guy had his stuff together. Yeah. Cause he was doing things 20 years ago that we should be doing now. So got trained up on that bounce around, bounce around. Um, I got tired of that pretty quick though. I got burned out. I got fired Yep. Um, from a couple of them. Uh, and a lot of that's politics too, you know, and I know how that works too. I was, I was the master tech. So when the CSI scores dipped and the warranty stuff wasn't getting fixed, right. They come to me and it's my fault. So I got to go, you know? So I left that and I went to actually one of the guys that I was an apprentice for. I reached out to him just because it's one of the guys that I felt I could talk to. And he says, I might have something for you, but it's not working on cars. So are you, think you're ready to do something different i said i don't really care at this point yeah he said okay well i'll i'll set this up for you so you get to drive an hour and a half to work one way and go work <laughs> on on equipment and I thought, wow okay right. <laughs> okay lots of coffee time yeah yeah so so i'm 20 i'm 25 26 years old right now more or less i mean that's that's around about where i am right now and i'm driving an hour and a half to work at six o'clock in the morning, I got to be there to work on equipment for 12 hours a day. Wow. Okay. Oh, and I, and I took a 50% pay cut to do it, <laughs> man. So, but I learned a lot. So education isn't free. Anybody tells you education's free, they're lying. Yeah. So I got educated, but it cost me money that I could have been making, you know, if that makes sense. It does totally make sense. Yeah. But it appears that the training that I had helped me a lot with the with the diesel stuff because that's all i really had to do was learn the differences in the operational functions of diesel as compared to gas powered cars and you know they have emissions and obd2 and equipment doesn't have any of that stuff right or at least it didn't back then so anyway did that uh then they came to me and they said hey you want to drive a service truck i said what do you mean they said well you get to drive this truck back and forth to work and you basically don't come to the shop unless you need something oh so i'm like my own boss and you give me a phone and you call me when you need me and I just go do my thing. Yeah. yeah, do that. So we did that for a little while. And then at that time we were doing a lot of work inside one of the national airports here in the area. And you had to be badged to get in and out of there by yourself. Sure. Well, it was me and one of the drivers that brought the equipment in and out. We were really the only two guys that were badged to go into the airport. 
So that left me running the whole airport. Wow. So there was my diesel experience. There was my road service experience. There was my learning how to make good decisions at 25 years old. <laughs> yeah, that life will come at you fast then. Yeah. 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 Uh, so did that for a couple years. I think the drive finally got to me that, and I lost, I lost good leaders. Mm. That was the other thing that was, that was part of it with that job. That's why I left. I went and worked with my brother-in-law at the time for a little while. And he, he's a very good technician. He is a very good technician. I will give him that. He, he taught me a lot. I learned a lot from him. The place where we worked, um, I think they were trying to move away from being a full-blown service shop and they wanted to do more of your just quick hitter type stuff, you know, break jobs and trans flushes. It's cool. It's no yeah. problem. So there was a change in culture. We decided to move, you know, part ways, whatever. So we did that. And when I worked, when I worked there at that independent shop, this, uh, this guy named Vinny bringing his tow trucks in there and he'd have us change the oil in them. And I got to be the guy to change the oil in it because I was the only guy that knew what a diesel engine was. <laughs> so when, when we decided to mutually part ways, I guess you could say yeah. me in the independent shop, I called him. I said, Hey man, I need to move my toolbox. He says, why, where are you going? I said, I don't know yet, but it ain't going to be here. I just got to get it moved. Can you help me out? He says, how about I take it over to the house? And, you know, when you when you figure out where you want to be, you can let me know. I said, well, you got enough work. Do you need anything? Like, yeah. can I help? And he said, yeah, I think so. Why don't you, I'll just take your toolbox to the house, show up tomorrow. We'll figure it out. I said, okay. So wow. that was 13 years ago. No kidding. Yeah, so... It was, I, I worked out of his garage at his house, um, which <laughs> basically like we had a lift, we had a lift in his garage that you could pull the front half of a little tow truck in. <laughs> and it was so shady because we used to lift the front ends of these things up with the front half of a four of a, we had a two post lift with the four arms, but it was, it didn't fit. So the only thing we could do is take the front arms and kick them up underneath the leaf springs on the tow truck and pick it up. That's sketchy at best. <laughs> sketchy at best. So in, in hearing everything that you, I was taking notes while you were talking because I thought there, there was some really interesting things in your, in your upbringing through the industry that I think apply to a lot of technicians. And, and really, even as you've worked your way up, into more of those, you know, really managing people and doing that kind of thing. A couple of the things that stuck out to me, one was that you, you kind of hopped around early in your career, right? And, and I want to talk about that a little bit because it's fascinating to me in that I think there's a lot of shops that will look at a resume and not talk to the person and, and really get to know that person or why, why they were hopping around. If it's early in their career and they're trying to get up the ladder quick, okay. But talk to me a little bit about that, that maybe that stigma of a, you know, you and your early career and 
how, you know, maybe looking at it now, 15 years down the road, whatever it is, were, were people like when you were, out, when you were going out and looking for a job after that, was it tough or were people calling you out for that? At the time? No, no. Okay. no at the time, nobody, nobody said, gee, it looks like you, you only worked there for a year. Right. Or, or anything like that. Uh, I can tell you now, if you, well, I, I say now, now is a, not now, two years ago, <laughs> two years ago when you could actually hire somebody yeah. and, and you had a, a, just a pile of applications back then you'd look through there and you'd look through this guy and you'd see the guy and he's like three months, four months, three months, three months from a management perspective. Right. You're not, I don't know, maybe if you just don't know what it is to see something like that, you're, you, that that's gone. Right. You pitch that. Yeah. Because you just assume this guy doesn't want to stay anywhere. You, so, I mean, when you look back, so when you were going through there, one of the, another note that I took down, because I, th I think this ties kind of back to this, but you, you talked about how you had lost some good leaders and how that impacted whether you wanted to stay at a place or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was, what was a good leader to you? Like, what was it that they did so well that really created that I don't know that loyalty to for like for you to follow them. And then when they're no longer there, you're like, yeah, this isn't good anymore. So basically it's, I mean, it's, it, it's how I treat my people. Okay. I, I take, I, so I took everything that I liked from, you know, everything that I learned and everything I saw and I just kind of make it my own thing, but communication, patience, transparency, and, a lot of the times they knew that, I don't know, they just, they, they did not treat me as somebody who, that, who worked for them, but they treated me like a guy that worked with them. Yeah. And I could cite examples of times when it would be, mind you, I said, we, we get to work at six o'clock in the morning. Right. I could cite you a couple of examples at nine o'clock at night. We were still in the yard working and my my foreman was standing right next to me and the store manager who was in charge of the foreman and all the salesmen at the time at that equipment shop he's out there with us wow at, at nine o'clock at night he he didn't just roll in at noon either no and he probably didn't have to be there like he probably could have left you guys and said hey you know what good luck get this done i need it done by the morning yeah Man, that's good. But nope, nope. And, and he'd be the first one to roll out there in the middle of a muck pile, put some boots on and say, what do you need me to do? And that's, I mean, I I get it. And like I said, I, I took a lot of the stuff that these guys that I saw and I said, man, I, I really, like, I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them took the time to care too. That's, I, I think, and I don't want to put myself in a technician shoes because I was a really crappy technician. <laughs> uh, but I, I think when you look at it and it's not just even technicians, but if you, if you work for somebody else in general and they show that they care, I think that creates the loyalty that a lot of these shops are looking for right now and can't seem to get. And, and I love the fact that you're taking this and taking stuff that you learned on your path up 
and applying it to what you're doing now, because I think what you're doing is you're showing that next level and you're showing the people that are following you now, why that's important and why, you know, work ethic and, and showing them that, you know, you're not just talking the talk, but you're walking the walk. And I think there's a lot of managers that don't do that. And I, I think there's so much power in that and so much power in, in doing things that, you know, you're not going to force somebody else to do something you wouldn't do for yourself. And I think that's such a big piece to this. But that's not their fault, though. Hmm. The, those managers that don't do that, that may not be their fault. They Tell may, me more. Tell well, me more I'm about this. I they, like this. They may not. You can't you can't be mad at somebody for something they don't know. Yeah. So if if those guys don't understand what it is to ask a guy to go do a thing that like they're I mean, I hate to use the word ignorant, but that's yeah, a little bit yeah. is bliss, right? You right. know, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. So yeah, it's, it may not be their fault that they don't know that. That's but. a good approach. I, that's so smart too. I think that's, you talk about good leadership and there's times I think where there's good leaders that don't even know they're good leaders. They just do it. And then they, they don't really ask questions or think about it, but they're like that, that general manager you're talking about, or that branch manager that you're talking about might not have even known that that was, he was showing leadership. It might've been, he's just, you know, that's the way he's brought up and that's what he's going to help yeah, out. However, that, you know? that wasn't leadership for him. Like he wasn't doing that saying I'm going to show leadership. Right. He did that. Cause he said, I got this thing that needs done and my guys are here and they're willing to do this for me. So I'm going to be here for them. Love it. That gets me all jacked up. I love that stuff. <laughs> well, I, I'll let you, I mean, and if you want to dive into this a little bit later, we can. Yeah. But I'll tell you this right now. Of the people that I've got in the shop with me tomorrow, well, I don't even know if we're going to go to work tomorrow. But <laughs> if you do, one of them I have worked with for 14 years. Hmm. The other one was a foreman to me somewhere else. Another one was a foreman to me somewhere else. Wow. And that branch manager that we were just talking about, he was promoted. He made he made a regional manager. So he's got stores in a couple different states now. Sure. I talked to him once in a while. And the last time we talked, well, the second to last time we talked, he said, hey, uh, I'll give you a shout next time I'm up your neck of the woods. We'll have lunch. Then the last time we talked, he stopped by the shop because we were doing a job for his company. They asked yeah. us to do a thing. And so we were doing it and he just stopped by and said, Hey, I just was in the area. I figured I'd stop by, uh, you know, see what you got going on here, see how you're doing. And I just said, man, it, you know, it's good to see you and your mustache. I don't know why you still got that thing after 20 years, but it's cool. cool. So anyway, I, I feel like, well, don't burn a bridge if you don't have to, that's for sure. Right. Right. But this industry is small. It, it really is. It's and crazy, gonna, isn't it? You're going to run in. If you don't get out of it, if you're a young guy, you better be careful. Because one of these days, you're going to wind up running into somebody again. I think you're so spot on there. And the the longer I'm around this industry, the more, you know, I, I've grown up in this business. But it, it and similar to you, where I had I had experience on the automotive side, then the trucking side, then the uh, equipment side, and it is such a small world. And now that you know, in what I do now, it's 
it's really tied all of that together, which to me is pretty awesome because I, I love talking to people in all facets of repair, right? Like it's, it's still fascinating to me, but I, you know, when, when I look at that and you talk about the burning of bridges, is there anything you would have done differently when you were younger or would you have like, so when we talk about the job hopping and, and, you know, maybe like you said, you got fired, is there anything that you would do differently back then? Or is this all kind of things that led up to you being to where you're at now? Both. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would have apologized to one guy a little sooner than I did for, uh, for leaving on some pretty rough terms. Sure. You know, I may have given a couple places a little bit more uh, time, you know, for, for me to develop. Yeah. And then there may have been one or two places that I should have said, this is not working out long yeah. before I ever did. It's funny how uh, hindsight kind of teaches you that. Right. And I, you know, I looked to myself when I was that age and I was so impatient. Like I, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I've, I've done this. Like you've, I've done what you asked me to do. I checked the box. I want to, I want on to the next level. I want to like, and I was just chomping at the bit to always oh, do that geez. next thing. That, that, I'm sorry, but that irritates the living yeah. crap out of me. Oh, it irritates me now. Guys, like looking back, yeah. They, but these these young kids, man, they come in, they come in up front, and they're like, "What do you got for me to do?" And uh, you know, we'll say, "Go, go do this task here." You know, I, I don't even know what it is. Maybe, maybe it's oil change. Maybe it's. Do you mind taking the trash out? Whatever it is, and then they're immediately, bam! It's like, what do you want me to do after that? hold on. Let's go do this task. We just have flawlessly. Yeah. Let's go complete this flawlessly before we worry about what's next. Now I realized that I was a young man one time and I was chasing a dollar. Yeah. I don't ever recall being so caught up in what's next that I can't even do what's right now. Correct. Yeah. And that's a problem too. I, yes, 100%. And that's a problem from my history, like that I would equate back to when I was that age you know, early twenties where it was, you know, I was trying to go a million miles an hour. And at times that kind of left a wake behind me because it was like, okay, you know, you're, 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 you're blowing through this stuff, but you're not really, you know, you're not doing it to the best of your ability. And I think looking back, that's one thing that I wish I would have done a little bit differently was really perfect the craft and, and make it, you know, make it more about the learning piece and the education piece of learning how to be a professional, learning how to do things the right way, more so than just trying to get the next promotion or trying to do the next thing. And, you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of young techs and one of the, my biggest things is I say, Hey, you know what? You may not be going to a four year school, but you still need to look at that first four or five years as education. Like don't go for the dollar, like don't go for the top dollar, go for somebody that's going to mentor you, somebody that's going to treat you right and take you under their wing, because that could have a huge impact on the rest of your life. If, if you just sacrifice for that first couple of years. How, how much support do you have from vocational schools? Because if I say what I want to say, you're going to get a lot of hate mail. No, you know what? I think (laughs) I, I work very closely with a lot of, a lot of tech schools and I, I, they know my opinion on some of this stuff. So I like go, go ahead. Cause I think this is, this is good stuff to get out in the well, air and talk about. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, 
you want to use the first four years instead of going to XYZ tech, fill in the blank, whatever you want, because there's enough of them out there. Yeah. Instead of doing that, you want to decide to, you know, show up for work every day, pay attention, ask questions. If you want to do that, I'm pretty confident that a guy like me is going to hire you over a guy who just came out of XYZ tech. Yeah. If you've got, if you've got four years of on the job training and you have good character, you will get a job and you will be successful. Yeah. And you will probably do it a little faster than the guy that just graduated from that school. That on the job stuff is so important, so vital. And, you know, it, I had a conversation with somebody today uh, that we were talking about a specific individual that we've had on this podcast before, Tanner Brandt. Mm-hmm. And I haven't told Tanner this yet, but we were talking <laughs> about him. And one of the things that we were talking about was what makes him so great is his general curiosity and like how things work and how, you know, he, he wants to learn more. He's going to training classes on his own. He's not waiting for somebody to send him. He's like, just doing what, it. What did, what did he get wrong last year? One, he got one diagnosis wrong last yeah, year. Yeah. 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 That's absurd to me. Like that's, yeah. that's nuts, but I make one mistake a day. I, <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't keep up. With I, that. I, yeah. I, I think I'm pretty much at like one mistake per like half hour right now. So like I, I, I do it a lot. My, my staff goes crazy because of it, but you know, I think if you take somebody like that, a, a young tech and they're gen, they're just curious about how things work. And one, I think the funny part is, I think a lot of shops aren't ready for somebody like that. And when I say that, I don't think there's some shops that know the work that goes into that because it's going to take them asking a question every five minutes. It's going to take them, you know, it's it's it can get annoying, right? <laughs> and and I think if you've got the right person or the, and we talk about mentorship a lot. And sometimes it's, it's Tully Williams, who's been on the podcast a few times. He talks about how, you know, some of these, these buzzwords like culture and, and like mentorship are kind of overused. But in this case, I really think it's true where if you've got a good mentor and you've got somebody that's patient, not me, uh, mentoring somebody, like, I think that, that goes such a long ways because then those questions don't like, even as the the person that's trying to learn, they don't view it as a, that, that you're bothering that person or that you're yeah. inconveniencing them. And if you can get that, I, you got a hell of a future ahead of you. Yeah. No, well, let me, I, I don't want to disrespect this, the schools. No, 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 no. That's, that's not at all what I was saying. Didn't come off that way at all. But you're, you're a hundred percent right there. I, I could go back. I could name you maybe not last names, but definitely first names. I could rattle off every single one of these guys that taught me something and took the time to let me ask a question Hmm. or show me. Um, Dale showed me how to, how to compress a caliper piston when I was just a young man and they came to me and said, Hey, can you do this brake job? And I'm like, I don't know how to do a brake job. You just showed me how to change oil yesterday. (laughs) Um, so you're you're right, but that I don't think you can overuse culture and mentorship. What choice do you have in today's industry? Right. Because culture is important, especially when you have to start talking about managing a different generation of people. And mentorship is important because we don't have 
a lot of 30 somethings staying in this business. No, they, well, they're just not, I mean, you know, that's what you do for, I guess your thing. Right. You know, so you have to, you have to want to help these guys and you got, you got to look at it as helping yourself too. Well, and I don't know that here's one thing that I think we could do a better job as an industry with is recognizing those mentors. Right. And, and when I say that, that might not necessarily be your a tech that might not necessarily be your fastest tech. That could be somebody that is just good and patient with people and wants, you know, you know, wants to teach people. And I, you know, to this day in my office, which is just, just a, a door down here right now, is I've got a framed picture of a guy named Charlie Barco that I work for at diesel injection service. And he's, he's since passed, but it was like, I was going through some old stuff and I saw his card and I'm like, you know what? Like he did so much for my career. And so like the one thing I felt bad is I, you know, I think he knew how much he meant to me and, and how much of an impact he had on my early career. And even just like the building confidence stage. Right. And, and being able to go to somebody and ask a question without seeming like you're an inconvenience to them. Um, you know, those are the type of people that I just envy. I mean, the, the people that are patient with, with others and that, you know, are trying to, trying to take that, you know, 19 year old that doesn't have a whole lot of experience and trying to turn them into something is uh, to me, just, that's a, that's a top of the line individual to me. Especially when they're willing to do that every day. And not every 19-year-old kid that comes through the door wants that. Right. You know, because they don't all want it. Right. So, some of them some of them want to be me 20 years ago and chase a dollar. Right. I think it's natural though, right? I think we all did that and so at well, some level. Yeah. Yeah. But there's there's something about, you know, that, that you this is what you want to do and, and you want to be good at it. And then you just want to, I don't know, move around and get a buck. Right. I guess. I mean, I was mad. I was mad when this, this fella told me, I, I thought that I was up for a shop foreman position and I was a young man. Yeah. I thought I was up for it because I mean, I had, I, I started out real low and I'm, I'm, I'm climbing. Right. And I go into this meeting with him and, He's like, you know, I, I think, I think there's a problem. I think you're upset. You know, how how's things going? I said, well, actually, I'm I'm, I'm kind of upset. And he said, why? I said, well, you took my job. <laughs> he said, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, well, dude, I was supposed to get your job. That was supposed to be me in that chair. And he said, why do you think I got it? I said, well, company politics, blah blah blah, this that and the other. And I'm just spouting off some stuff. And he said, it has nothing to do with you. He said, honestly, I, I think you're, you're probably one of the best techs we have in the shop right now. Yeah. But the one thing you got to realize, and it's going to be painful and it's going to hurt, but you will never be better than me until the day I die. And you keep going because you will never have more experience than me. Mm. Okay. So I slammed the door and stormed out and I was pretty pissed off. <laughs> But then I thought about it and I still, I still think about that to this day. I still think about what that man said to me and he's right. There's a, just a lot of instances in this business where there's no replacing 
experience. It just doesn't matter. You can be full of spit and vinegar, fired up and ready to go. But that old man in the corner, he's done forgot more than you're probably going to learn in the next couple of years. Yeah. I And I think that's one concern that I've got for the industry, though, is there's a lot of those say, say though that generation where they're who's left. Right. Mm-hmm. And well, and, and like if their bodies are breaking down or anything like that, and we're not finding a spot for them in the industry and they're leaving to go, I don't know, whatever they're doing. Um, that's a concern to me too, because you just have this wealth of knowledge and, and maybe there's a lot of opportunity there for these people to be mentors to, you know, just like we talked about where, you know, you you need that mentor to help grow those techs in the shop. So why not pair them with a young tech that can, you know, do some of the hard, you know, the harder labor while they're doing some quality control. They're doing some of this other stuff. So how, how do we do that, Jay? That's what we got to figure out. That's a good question. I, because I, what owner, what owner wants to pay that guy his value? Yep. But he doesn't make him any money. Yeah. On paper, he makes him no money. None. None. He's already got a couple of them. He's got yeah. me. He's yeah. got a couple of service advisors. Those techs in the shop, they already got to carry us. Let, let yeah. me let me reverse that question to you. What yeah. what would what do you think? <laughs> I think <laughs> how much does how much does he want? Yeah. How much does he want because he's invaluable? Right. If if he can take the time to help you with your quality control and he can take the time to answer questions now he might not be the most tech savvy guy maybe he is i don't know right but there's a good chance that he probably has value maybe not the ability to make you gobs and gobs of money but i bet he's got value to help teach your your people so there's there's two things that i would add to that and one is a lot of shops are frustrated because they they're like there's no loyalty these techs have no loyalty and yet they'll see this 60 year old tech walk out with nothing you know, or just kind of just you know hey it was a nice run i'm gonna go over here and work part-time or you know whatever he's gonna dri- he's driving for napa now right and but but that shows you know the shop's loyalty to a tech right and i think that a younger tech is gonna look at that and say okay why you know he was the leader of the shop and they just kind of let him go. Um, so I think there's, there's that piece. And then the other piece, and you and I have kind of talked about this, but one of my frustrations with industry in general is the, it's, it's almost the, what have you done for me lately mentality, but more so the, I need ROI on it right now. And if I don't get ROI on it right now, we're not doing it. And what they're doing then is kind of setting their setting their shops up for frustration in the future, because if you don't invest in that, and it, to me that's an investment, right? Like if if that individual, even if you have to give him a, a slight raise, even though his productivity is going to go way way down because he's not actually doing the work, but if your comebacks fall off because or like you 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 clean up the comebacks, you clean up you know you're bringing up two techs a year now, instead of, you know, just always desperately looking for one and then maybe overpaying for a tech because you're desperate. I think that's to me where as an industry, we've got so much room for growth is to look at that, you know, that generation of, of techs 
who are extremely smart. I mean, there are so many that they've been around, like you said, they've got that experience. And even if it's not on the most advanced diagnostic stuff right now, they're going to make damn sure that that, that piece of equipment or that car or whatever it is that goes out the door is done right. And if you're teaching your young people how to do that right before that person's leaving and going into retirement, you know, that's how you carry your culture on and carry on, especially if you've got a really, really good, impactful person. Like, how do you figure out ways to use that person? Mm-hmm. That, that's what we have. To, that's what we got to do. And, and, and it goes to the to the owners, too. Yeah, you know, that's something they got to figure out. How, how do they come to terms with it? So, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's, I mean, a guy like me, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Like, there, to me, there's value in that. I don't even have to think twice about that. But I'm not the one that has to write the check in the day. So this is something you and I talked about even before we got on air was that, you know, kind of that step up when you go from working as a tech in, in the shop to you're going and you're getting word directly from the ownership on, you know, what you've got to improve on. A lot of that is numbers driven, right? Uh, it, it's your goals are numbers driven. Mm-hmm. And somehow you end up kind of in the middle as a translator and trying to get that out to the shop without offending them. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so walk me through that piece a little bit. Is it, is it something that you see a lot amongst maybe middle managers or with, you know, if it's a service manager um, and trying to, you know, take something that might sound offensive from the ownership side and try to break it down into that's where, you know, where the that's shop pretty can much handle. the full-time job right there, but <laughs> figure out how to take what the owner just said and not piss everybody off. Um, yeah. That, I mean, that, that's what it is. It's because for, you know, for them and for us, when you look at on that side of it, it, it is about the money. I mean, it's gotta be about the money or we can't open the doors. Right. If we can't open the doors, we can't provide jobs, you know, and we're not there to make friends. We're there to make money. Right. Right. At the right. End of the day, that's what it's about. Okay. But these people are, they're still people. They, they have families, they have children, they have things that are important to them. And you have to figure out how, how to interact with each one because everybody's different. Everybody needs a little bit of something different. Right. You know, it could be, how old they are or what their current situation is, or, you know, are they an A tech or C tech, whatever you want to call it. But that's a lot of what it boils down to is just how to, how to engage them and how to communicate with them and get them to understand that what they, what they do is important. Everybody has a task that we all got to complete and we need to do it in a timely fashion. So, so how do you, are you able to educate the techs at all in terms of trying to to break those pieces down? So like, it's not just like, hey, this job needs to get out the door tomorrow or tonight uh, because we got to get on to the next thing. When, when you, do they, do, do you think they fully grasp what the ownership's objectives are? Because I think a lot of times when I hear it, and this might be, you know, I think a lot of times from the dealership end, but I do hear elsewhere also, I shouldn't just pick on dealers there, but where they're, you know, the consensus amongst techs and even on our Wrenchway Insider stuff, we hear this a lot too, where they're like, they're just all about money. They're all about money. It's all about the numbers. It's all about the numbers. And you just said it right there where it it is like, because if we don't produce numbers, we don't have a job. We don't have a company, 
you know, it, it, to be able to right. support these families. And so it's hard to me, this is a hard, a really, really hard part about our business, right? You like these texts a lot. They end up becoming like family to you, yet you still need to drive them and you still need to, to be able to get results out of them. Mm-hmm. Is there, I mean, are you able to sit down and talk with them about that piece of it, about the business side and maybe pull the curtain back a little bit on, on what goes on in your job? You can, and, and I do to a point because I, I do feel that it's important to be transparent with them to a point, you know what I mean? There's some stuff that they're, they're, they're not going to care about, right? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to them. It doesn't apply to them. They they just don't care. Right. Um, but I, I, I mean, I know we struggle with that every day, still every day, trying to figure out how to share the information with them, how to motivate them and get them to understand that, yeah, we're here to make money. It's about numbers, but at the same time, like it, it matters that you just walk back and forth across the shop seven times. <laughs> it seems so stupid, but at the same, it's like, and that's where I get caught in the middle. Right. Because if you're the management guy and you're watching out your office window and this guy just walked across the shop seven times with nothing in his hand, it's like you can at least do a better job of looking busy. <laughs> I'd grab a wrench or something. Right? Do yeah, yeah, yeah. Look busy. Uh, and but then for me, at the same time, he might be walking back back and forth across the shop because he just turned a ticket in. I got somebody that just rolled up out front. I got a service call on the phone right now. I got accounting calling down, wanting to know if this is billed out yet. My service advisor, I don't even know where he is. He's probably on a parts run because a parts guy didn't show up today. Hmm. and he just needs three minutes of walking back and forth to get his bearings until back. I get my stuff squared away and get my boots laced up tight and get this shit together. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know what the owner sees? Dude walking back and forth seven times. Lost productivity. Yep. Yep. And the funny part to me is there's some of this that is a little hypocritical, right? Because I think it, at least in my mind, there's days where I'm just getting my butt kicked, right? Like I'm, I'm having a tough day and I need, I just need to go for a walk to get across, get away from whatever it is that I'm doing because I'm just digging myself a deeper hole. Mm-hmm. And I see it with text with diagnostic stuff all the time, right? Where they're, you know, you're trying to chase a wire, you're trying to chase a, a, a short that you can't find or something like that, or, you know, whatever, insert diagnostic problem here. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, there's times where if you're on the clock and that's all you're thinking about is, oh my gosh, I'm getting my butt kicked. I'm getting my butt kicked. You're not helping yourself at all. Like you're, <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you keep falling further and further behind and it just gets more irritating. So that, you know, look, putting myself back in my, my technician shoes, that was a frustrating part for me because like, if I was walking back and forth, it might have been just to be like, okay, I got to clear my head here for a second and regroup and just Which do something fine. different. Yeah. But at the point I see that, you usually, I'm not going to say I'm not perfect. I'm not. But generally speaking, I'll know what's going on in, right. in the shop. And if I see something like that, one of two things, either, yeah, guy needs help with something or he's just farting around. Yeah. Either and I way, think he needs help. I think you can tell 
well, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe some people put on a good face and try to look frustrated when they're not frustrated or something like that. But I, I don't know. Like that's the hardest part for me to tell is, okay, are you trying to air something out? Are you, and I, the one thing I will say from managing technicians, what I learned, and this is for all you technicians out there that are listening to this, because I thought this was something, you know, this is just something that I kind of thought of now is that there were texts that would do that all the time. Like there, it was, it was the ones that, you know, there's texts that would do it every once in a while. And a lot of times they were our better texts and you just didn't screw with them. There were some texts that didn't produce a lot and struggled and then they would be walking back and forth and they seemed to do it more consistently, like every day, like they were walking around and those were the ones that would drive me crazy. It wasn't the, the random, you know, the tech that's, you know, once every two weeks doing that, that drove me nuts. It was the ones that did it every day and were struggling to hit their goals. Well, and so do you have the opportunity to say why, why, yeah. or what, what are we missing here? You know, and I, I will openly admit that I am probably a little bit biased because I have been out of the line tech flat rate world for a while now. Yep. Um, and the approach that I take with my guys is maybe a little bit different. I don't know. I don't manage them. I show up for work and I do my job so that they can do theirs. Because without them, I can't do anything. And without me, they'll they'll do their job, but it, it's gonna be it's gonna get ugly from time yeah. to time. But if my guys are out there struggling, or I see that, either way, like I said, he needs help. So I'll walk out there. Hey, man, what's you right? What, what's going on? And he's either going to say something dumb like, oh, I was waiting on X, Y, Z. And I'll be like, all right, well, let me go take care of that for you. Or he's going to say, man, I don't get this stupid thing. This over here <laughs> is supposed to be working and it's not. And this reading is what I'm getting here. And it makes no sense. Okay, well, show me. You know, and then I'll call the other fellow. I'm like, hey, come here for a second. So now you got the brain trust up in here and you're just like, okay, this is what we got going on. This is broke. This is what he's got. What's going on. You know, it's like an episode of house. If you ever seen that. I have, it's been a while, but yes, yes. Yeah. So you get the whole team in there and you, you just talk about it because this guy is, I mean, it's been kicking his butt for a little while. So he's got blinders on and you get some, somebody else with fresh eyes and you get somebody else with fresh eyes and you bounce some ideas off each other and then everybody goes back to work. But Sometimes it just helps I, to talk about it too. Well, right. right. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that happens a lot too, is I'll get, I'll get one of the guys come in and he'll say, well, this is what's going on. I said, okay, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, that's what's happening. Well, you're the technician, Bob. You tell me well, <laughs> it can't be. I mean, like, I mean, I'll give you a, for instance today, um, we had a, we were working on an after treatment system and, it had this active code in it. I'm sorry, inactive code. That's it sets when you try to do a, a forced regeneration below 140 degrees engine coolant temperature. Yeah. Okay. So we fixed the truck. We got it working. Man comes to me and says, I think we should keep the truck. Maybe we need to test drive it. You know, this, all these other things. I said, why, why, why we need to do that? Well, that code might come back. What well, shouldn't, unless we're trying to force a regen before 140 degrees Fahrenheit, which 
you're not you supposed be to doing. Do it. Right. So I think we're good, buddy. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Let's move on to the next thing. I promise you it'll be fine. But it was just an interaction with, you know, he was, he was worried. He was concerned. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Why are you, why right. are you stressing out over this? Um, and we just chased a squirrel for a couple of minutes and probably need to get back to your actual question. No, this is, I love this. <laughs> I, I, this is amazing to me because this is the stuff where I'm just like, man, I, that's, that's the good stuff. That's the stuff where, you know, we're talking through how to manage techs and how to like, how, you know, this is truly boots on the ground type stuff that, uh, you know, sometimes in our content, we don't get to. And this is, I, I love this. So, so, I mean, and like I said, I'm, I'm probably what you would call out of touch with the dealer, but when was a, when you ever had a service manager at the dealership? And, and if anybody has, maybe they should reach out to you and let you know, but how many of those guys come out there and, dig through an electrical problem with one of their guys. I mean, I don't know that they do or they don't, but I, I don't recall that ever happening for me. Not much. Um, uh, and I, I mean, if you're in a team, obviously in a team setting, setting, then, you know, if you have a problem, you, you know, maybe your team gets involved and you try to figure it out because everybody's paycheck goes into one kitty. But I mean, otherwise, like I said, I just, they got a problem. I'll, I'll go out there. I'll figure it out. Um, I mean, we pull up, we spend a lot of money to have all the resources you can yeah. possibly have. Yeah. And, you know, it's just as many times as I'm looking up a code description or I will print out a flow chart for, you know, step 1A, step 1B, and, you know, do this and do this, do this. Print that out and go over it with the guys and say, hey, you know, let's let's try this or whatever. I don't know. I just don't feel like leaving them up to their own devices and putting them out on an island all by themselves is good for anybody. No, especially it's early on, like especially early yeah. on for a tech. I mean, the, the more we can hold their hands through that, that first process. And, and I say this constantly, but with young techs, maybe the most important piece is to get them confidence because until they get confidence and, and even like that regen thing that you talked about, how often do you see a young tech second guess themselves because they, you know, maybe they look at something and they're like, this part costs this much, like, or, <laughs> you know, if they did go through tech school and the, the instructor's like, don't just replace computers just because it, you have a code, like actually fix the problem. And, and I think that confidence side makes them second guess themselves a lot. And the more we can build confidence in a young tech and get them to not second guess themselves, but use whatever training they got, use whatever resources they have mm -hmm. and just believe it and just do it. Like, I think, I think you get a better tech out of it. If you have the patience to, to do that with them, you do. I, you nailed it. I mean, we kind of started off this conversation with that patience thing, right? Like mm -hmm. that's such an important thing. So, uh, I mean, that for me, that's it. Like it, the three, I guess the three keys for me would be attention to detail. If you don't learn anything, and I tell that to my guys all the time, if you only ever learn one thing from me, it best be attention to detail because that is the most important thing you will ever learn in this business. But attention to detail, over-communicate, and have patience. And something else that you just said, it kind of caught me there. I feel like there's a misconception or a stigma attached with the technology of today and what we need as an industry of new 
people coming in. All we need are parts changers because the scan tool is going to tell you what computer to replace. And that's all you're going to need. And I don't know what rating we have on this here podcast. If it's GPG 13, whatever you want it to be. Well, I'm <laughs> like, you better set up a swear jar because <laughs> like that pisses me off. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just, I, I disagree. I, I, I do. I'm, I'm all about technology. I think it's, it's huge. I think that you're going to have to spend a lot of money in technology to stay up to date on training and having the ability to communicate with these cars and trucks. But you're still going to need some some guy who can yank a heavy whatever off of this thing that you're working on. I don't care. Be a transmission out of an Acura. Be a brake drum on a Mac or a Peterbilt. It doesn't matter. You're still going to need that guy. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do no, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I 100% agree with you. And like foundationally, you know, it, and this is for maybe those younger people listening to this, but like, if I were to go back and tell myself one thing that I think could have made me a better, like a tech to start off with was I wanted to go straight to the diagnostic stuff. I wanted to go straight to being on a computer and straight to doing all of that stuff. What I missed was how things work. And because until you know, and it sounds so stupid now that I think about it, but like, if I had a better idea of how the actual physical things worked and what Mm -hmm. the computer was trying to tell that thing to do and the feedback that I was trying to give back to the computer to tell it what it was doing, I would have been a lot more successful. I truly believe that when it comes to being a technician. And I think we get, you know, as, as a young tech coming into the industry, you get your, the stars in your eyes about all these big tools and all of the, you know, all of the diagnostic equipment and all this stuff. And you think you can just dive right into it and miss, you know, I, you know, we started talking about that at one point in this, in this show is that, you know, the need that everybody wants to move up so fast. That's what I'm talking about with like that first few years in a shop, you know, make sure Mm -hmm. you understand how things function, make sure, you know, and if you get a chance you know, I, I had an old tech that would take stuff home with him at night, like stuff that they would throw that they were going to throw in the junk pile. And he would just take it apart to figure out, you know, why something worked the way it did or mm-hmm. why it broke. And even though he wasn't on the clock or getting paid for it, he was still doing some level of failure analysis, trying to figure out why that failed. And, you know, like I, I look at like, uh, in equipment with hydraulic valves and, and trying to make sure that, you know, what, what stopped this valve from moving the right way. And I thought that was so cool when I saw a tech that was like 30 years into his job, still taking stuff home, <laughs> curious about how, how stuff worked. You know, yeah. I, I just thought that was amazing. But you can't fix it if you don't know how it, how it's supposed to work. Right. Cause you don't know how it broke. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's so true. And it's so fundamental and elementary, but something that I completely missed in my training coming up, you know, I, I had an all right idea of how stuff worked. But, you know, I find myself now I, I go out and work in the garage for fun now, which I never would have done 20 years ago. But unless it was on my race car, then it was no problem that I could do that. all the time. But like, but, you know, to, to like, I'll take stuff apart. I'm, I'm doing a Jeep right now. And I, I'll take stuff apart and just just to learn like what's inside of it and learn like my, my mindset changed so much as I've gotten older 
to, to really want to understand how things work and why they work the way they do and, and why they break the way they do. You know, I, it's so weird. Maybe I'm just getting old. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. I, I just like the old guy on the, on the lawn chair in the front yard, right? Like that's uh no, I mean, good for you. Good for you. You can, you have the ability to set yourself aside some time to do that. I still suck at it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh man. Well, we're we're actually up on our hour already. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we're before we're done? I mean, one, we're definitely I, I say this to like every guest, but it's because I'm fascinated by everybody. But like this was a lot of fun. This was maybe a little bit different than a lot of podcasts that I've done, but really diving into that, I don't know, like boots on the ground, like this is what's happening. I love this stuff. Like this, this was fun to me. I, I absolutely, I loved it. I mean, I, we can go as long as you want to go. I mean, I, <laughs> it's, yeah, up, yeah. it's up to you, bud. You know, <laughs> I mean, like I said, I, I really feel like it. I don't know. It, it, we didn't get a whole, whole lot into it real deep. No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think we, we hit some, some high notes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But we got a lot more to talk um, about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I don't like it when my young guys come in in two weeks, Two weeks on the job, the snap on man's rolling out ten thousand dollar tool chest on him. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't even get me started. What are you I, doing? I, I I've got a, a real quick funny story for you, and and uh, this is something that I learned from my dad. Uh, he had <laughs> this kid that had just graduated tech school. Start was going to come start working for him. Rolls out has this big maximizer toolbox. You know, beautiful big blue maximizer toolbox. And so he unloads it, gets ready to, to go to work. And I think he asked my dad to borrow a tool or something. Uh, and it was like, it was like, like something really easy, like an air gun. Yeah. And so my dad's like, you don't have an air gun. You have this huge box. Like, and so they start looking through his tools. He literally had a socket set and a screwdriver set. Mm-hmm. And my dad's like, listen, this isn't going to work out. Like, like this, whoever informed you that this was a good investment decision yeah. did not tell you the right things. And, and, uh, and now you're in debt with this big toolbox, but you have nothing that's actually going to produce for you. And, and shame on that man, shame on that tool man for selling you that. Agree. Agree. It's, mm. it's, that's uh you know, I was just on the phone with Sonic tools today and I actually really like what they're doing and like putting together kits, like entry level kits. And then you just keep building on the kits mm-hmm. and they're not super expensive. Like they're, they're reasonable. They're good quality tools. It doesn't have snap on, on it. Right. It doesn't say snap on, on it, but they're still really good quality tools. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's such a more responsible way for a tech to get into the business than just, you know, and the the funny part is they, they were telling me like when they go talk to classes, there's so much peer pressure in shops to like, Hey, well, look at that. Look at that little box. Like that's cute. And like you, you get a hard time. And so mm-hmm. techs try to compensate for it rather than just being like, Hey, you know what? I'm working my way up. I'm not to your level yet. Let me, I like, I need to make sure I prove myself before I can get something like that. So I, I tell you what I've seen is there's not a lot of guys with a lot of big toolboxes anymore. No carts, right? These these well they're they're carts but they're big carts yeah but you're talking like two grand twenty five hundred bucks you know for the Mac carts and the Snap on carts and stuff like that and it's funny you were saying that because I'm actually working on something 
uh, with my Snap-on guy. What I what I wanted to do is, you know, some shops are you're toying with the ideas of, you know, sign-on bonuses and this and that, and and your approach to it is spot on. Where what makes you special? Because now the shop has to polish itself up to get the guy with the resume to come in. Whereas it used to be the other way around. But so I've been working on something with my snap on guy. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to run down to the Harbor freight. I'm going to give me one of them $200 tool carts. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Snap on man, how about you give me, let me root through here. Let me find like $800 worth of blue point stuff or snap on stuff, whatever it is, but I'm going to yep. take about 800 bucks. I'm going to put it in his tool cart. And when this young man shows up for work, I'm going to say, this, this can be yours. Um, you know, I'll let you have it. Basically, instead of having a sign-in bonus, if you're still there in six months from now, I'll I'll let you pay me ten bucks a week for this thousand bucks. You know what? Whatever it is, you give me twenty bucks. Whatever it is, right? But at the end of it, it's yours. You can you can keep it, and you so you don't have to worry about walking on that tool truck and and dropping five grand on something. I'm gonna set you up with sockets. And wrenches and screwdrivers and pliers and a couple air guns and a couple battery operated things because they're all the rage now. I'm an yeah. old fart and I like to still <laughs> use air guns, but whatever. They still have power. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm gonna do that for you. So and I don't know if it's gonna work or it's not gonna work. What I love about that approach, and I'm sorry, you got me fired up there because what I love about that is you know more about what they're gonna need than they do. Right. Like, you know, like you've worked in that role, yeah. you've done that thing. Like, you know, that you probably don't have to go buy some fancy puller or do, you mm. know, some, like any of that stuff that, you know what, when you're on a snap on truck or a Mac truck or Matco truck, whatever it is, they're pretty good at talking you into why you need something. Right. And like, oh, if, yeah. And if you don't know any better, you're walking off with it. Yeah. They, because they probably gave you a t shirt too. And you said, <laughs> free, but it ain't. That four hundred dollar t shirt. Yeah, it's, it's not their fault. Again, right. again, that's their job. No, yeah. that's yeah. The, yeah. right. So it's not their fault. But yeah, I just feel like it, it just it built it gives them confidence. It gives the other big thing is they have skin in the game, right? So it's not. I didn't just give you a hundred dollar signing bonus and you can leave tomorrow. Right. You've got some skin in the game. The other thing is too is if you leave before this is paid off, I'm taking it all back. Right. So as you should, yeah, you know, it kind of gives them, they, they have a little bit of responsibility to, to themselves, to the shop, to their tools, because they should consider them theirs, you know, but it's, it's not, they don't have to worry about going on that tool truck and getting a $200 a week payment or, or I I, I don't know. I just, I I thought it was better to me. Honestly, I thought it might work. I love it. I think you set the right foundation there. I think you can actually teach them a little bit about how to keep it organized too, right? And be mm-hmm. able to to show them, you know, this is what you do. You clean up your tools, you put them back, you you know, this is going to make you more efficient. But then and we can work within a budget too. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Because 100%. 10, 15, 20 bucks a week, you can probably swing that. And if you want to add a little bit to it, that's fine, but you don't need to go crazy on it. You know? And most of the time I would see, I, I have a really good example of a tech, young tech, and he wasn't even a tech. He was a setup guy at an equipment dealership I was at. And I walked out in the shop one day and he's there. He sits next to his new big snap-on box with 
the outlets in it and all that, like the radio and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, I, I know what you make. <laughs> and like, this is not, a, this is not wise. And you're doing setup work. This is not like, you do not need this box. And it, it, what kind of pissed me off about it was I caught it too late. Cause if I, I was thinking if I could have caught it a little bit earlier, I could have had a, like a good conversation with him, still his decision. If he wants to go buy it, great. But if I could have at least had a conversation with him and just said, Hey, listen, make sure you don't put your family in a bad spot because you had to have these tools. Like you could have got by with a basic craftsman set mm -hmm. and been just fine. I, I'd be honestly, I need to bring my stuff home. Yeah. I just soon sell it. Mm -hmm. At least a toolbox. Right. Because the snap on box is going to do me zero good here in my house. Right. I, I could, my, my kids don't care what it looks like. I certainly don't care what it looks like anymore because I reached a point where the toolbox doesn't make me money. The tools inside it and what I put up here made me the money. Yep. You wrap it up in a box of dog crap. Who cares? <laughs> as long as it holds the tools. Some of, you know? some of the best techs I've ever met in my life had some of the crappiest toolboxes mm -hmm. you'd ever see. <laughs> you're, you're 100% right. I, I also spent a lot of years driving. My toolbox had big wheels on it, like yep. 19.5s and 22.5s. And it they beat the crap out of those tools. Shit fall all over the place. I can't tell you how many snap-on battery-operated lights I ran over. <laughs> two in the morning, hooking up a tractor trailer and I left the damn thing under the wheel or the tire. Man, the snap on guy, he just got tired of it. He got tired of it. He's like, you, you can't, you can't keep doing this. I was like, well, I'm paying for it. What's the matter? You know, he said, this is pointless. Why yeah. do you keep doing this? Well, I guess I'll just have to find another job. Then. It's, it is bad. If the, um, if the snap on uh, guy has to plan an intervention for you, like, Hey, you're, you're, you're spending too much here. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's nine hundred dollars in in flashlights in the last two months. Well, I mean, it's two in the morning. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing you care about at two in the morning is your flashlight. But <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, this is when the, I mean, at that point when the phone rings, it's four hours. It doesn't matter where you're going or what you're doing. You're up and awake and moving for four hours, no matter what. So <sighs> if it if it's midnight, man, that's the worst right there. I, I it, you'd almost rather be eight or two or three or four right not 11 or midnight man that just ruins the whole night and then you're back up working the next day well you don't at that point you don't even go to bed you just go do the job and at that point it's 5 36 o'clock by the time you make it back to the yard probably what are you gonna do go crawl into bed no <laughs> go put fuel in the truck clean all your stuff up put your straps away you know hang out cup of coffee smoke a cigarette if you want to whatever yeah but and, and that's the other thing. Uh, some of these guys, the new guys, you know, we just got to teach them. We got to teach them that your equipment and your tools are important. Take the time to take care of them so they will take care of you. I mean, it sounds cliche, right? Oh, it's pride, man. Like, make sure you're taking care. Like, you spend a lot of money on this stuff. And it it's probably going to outlast you uh, if you, you know, if you if you treat it right. And, and uh you know, it, it, that's still something to this day that some of my most prized possessions are like tools that my grandpa who passed away 20 years ago, like I've got a snap on ratchet that is like, it's got his initials in, in it. Like it's still, yeah, it's still one of the coolest things I own, you know, like it just, it's a, 
I'm, I'm a sentimental guy as, and I just, I don't know, I love that stuff, but it is, um, you know, that, that is, you could tell he took pride in his stuff back then. Right. It, it all had his name on it. It all had mm-hmm. like, you know, um, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, that's something I, I agree with. We, we need to make sure we pass that down to future generations too. Yeah. I, I think it's a, somebody spent the money. It may not always have been you that spent the money. Uh, you know, some of these dealerships now, they, all you got to do is show up for work. Your toolbox is there with all the tools in it. Everybody's got the same toolbox and the same tools. Somebody spent some money yeah. to put that there Yeah, for you. Take care so, of it. Yeah. Yeah. Take, take care of it. You know, oh, I'm, today I'm, I'm driving around in a half a million dollar wrecker. Well, I certainly didn't buy it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which more power to you. I think I would, uh, I, I would not be the man for the job to drive a half million dollar wrecker. Like I, I, I would be terrified. Um, it, it can be <laughs> in a way, <laughs> it's a little nerve, a little nervous, a little anxious, you know, you're not um, dealing with small, small pieces of equipment that either. No, you're, you're, yeah, no you're, but uh, that's the beauty of it though. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're dealing with somebody's car, or, or even, you know, doing light duty type stuff, you know, little tow truck. When you mess up, it's really small. It's trivial. It's minor. Yeah. Not with that. <laughs> when, you, when you muff it up, it's big. It's big. There's, there's yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why I would be terrible. <laughs> well, what, what gets me too is uh, like, I, I've, I've been there. I've, I, I drove all the trucks. For the most part, I've driven all the trucks at some point in time. Some of them we don't have anymore, which is really upsetting to me only because when we get a new guy, I would really just love to put him in one of those old trucks and say, look, man, you don't know how good you got it. Go drive that old heap. (laughs) But then to, to see like my truck, you know, to see that thing and it's just, you know, it, it gets worn out. People use it. It happens, but you always feel like you take better care of something than anybody else ever could. Right, right. But I'd still love to put them in them old, old trucks, man. <laughs> uh, well, Josh, this this has been awesome. This is this is uh, I I've really enjoyed myself here. Uh, we'll definitely have you back on again. I think, like you said, there's probably quite a few other topics we could dive quite a bit deeper into. I apologize that we weren't able to get to all of them here tonight, but um, I'm, I'm I, happy, man. I'm just, I'm glad I could be on with you and I hope, I hope we did. Okay. You did awesome, man. This was, this was really, really cool. I, uh, I enjoyed it. So uh, Josh, if, uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how, how do they do so? Um, well, I mean, they hit me up at the shop, uh, just Vinny's truck center. All right. If you Google it, it'll come up in Hagerstown, Maryland. Um, yeah, just just go to vinnystruckcenter.com. It's got the it's got the phone number. It's got the email on there. Uh it, I mean it's actually pretty simple. 301-895-7777. Well, I I I think a lot of the stuff that you've said is uh is pretty awesome because I think it's it's really good down to earth. Like this is this is how it is in a shop. And I, I love this. This is this is my kind of stuff. So, well, we, uh, we didn't really get into what it's like in the shop, really. No, we're the, no, we got we we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put a rating limit on on that one there. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, uh, so the, the next one, I, you'll have to be thinking of, of what our next one is going to be. And uh, I think we could do another really fun one. Maybe there's some of this stuff I can't even share with my people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. So we'll we'll do an after hours one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably best we at least put the youngins to bed before we get into some of that stuff. It, oh man, um, yeah, it, was, it was a good time. But I I really I just want to say thank you for what you're doing. Um, I think you guys are on to something good, and I I'm more than happy to help you out and and do anything I can to help you guys help our industry, um, help ourselves and our communities. It, it's definitely got my interest and I just want to say thanks. And I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Man, that means the world. It's uh, it's hopefully we're doing some good things. I appreciate what you're doing uh, out, out there too. I, I, you know, I always enjoy our conversations and, and uh, look forward to many more. Thank thanks you very much. Yeah. Thanks for being on.